All right, guys, I'm here with Chanel Renee, YouTuber, owner of Positively Evil, fitness influencer, and OnlyFans model. Welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So tell me about yourself. Let's start with your story. Tell me, like, from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in Orange County, California, but I spent my summers in Missouri growing up. And after graduating high school, I kind of lived all over Southern California, L.A., um, I lived in Australia for a very short time, came back, lived in Las Vegas at one point, lived in Florida, and I'm back in Orange County where I belong. Nice. Did you go to college after high school? Did you kind of just start your um, I career? actually went to culinary school while I was in high school. And nice. then after I graduated, um, I was working for Disneyland and Not Scary Farm, had to drop out of my culinary school so that I could get more hours at work to pay my rent. Because let's face it, it's really expensive to live in Southern California. Yeah, it is. Okay, so you wanted to be a, like a chef or a baker? Is that what so you... So this is so sad. When I was in high school, I actually wanted to study opera and also like get into acting. I wanted to be at least a double threat at the very least yeah. and like a very unique one at that, mm -hmm. but I couldn't afford the um, opera school in San Francisco. And my dad was like, hey, I love you, but you gotta figure out a backup plan because that's just not gonna be tangible for you and you love to cook, so why don't you go to culinary school? Right. I still cook, um, but obviously more for like healthy reasons and to make sure that I'm like keeping track of what I'm putting into my body and just yeah. trying to take care of myself and those around me. For sure. So. After that, after culinary school, what was the next step? What part of your career happened next? Was it your fitness journey? No, that actually, um, I wanted to get into like modeling because that was also supposed to be another gateway into acting and things. I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously not going to go be an opera singer, right? But which is such a weird thing, by the way. I, like in comparison to everything else that people you have some hidden in. talents, though. If you could do opera, I don't know if I have them anymore. It's been a while. Since <laughs> you got some pipe, um, but. I got into modeling thinking, okay, well, maybe that's my gateway into acting and things like that. And very long story short, I had paid a photo studio to take pictures of me for this like modeling agency. And I asked the photographer why he was taking so many more pictures of the really tall, beautiful, super thin girl as opposed to me. And he came up and grabbed me by the fat of my stomach and said, this is disgusting. <gasps> I'm shooting you. So oh. I was pretty overweight and I had like acne and acne scars and stuff. And after that, like the next day I went on a diet and... I lost, uh, I think, like about 30, 32 pounds at the beginning within the first three months. And over time, in total, I lost about 50. I'm appalled at what that photographer did to you. Oh, he looked like Jack Black in a matching sweatsuit outfit wearing a cowboy hat. But he grabbed you yeah. and shamed you for being what he thought was overweight. I mean, it obviously had an impact on you if you started the next day going hard at the gym and stuff but do you feel like now you have a healthy relationship with working out and food or did that kind of have a traumatic effect on you in a negative way um it definitely did? had a, a negative effect on me and most definitely in a traumatic way but uh, even growing up I was told by my peers, by boys that I liked, by I felt like kind of media at the time because we didn't have social media yet and mm -hmm. I'm dating myself now um, that you had to be a certain level of attractiveness for people to like you or love you or respect you or for you to be successful. Right. And I feel like it's so polar opposite now. We, I mean, it's great that we have this body positivity thing out there for young people to feel better about themselves. And we've got influencers of all shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, uh, sexual backgrounds and everything else. And like, that's great. But 
it still weighs on the rest of us that are part of that generation where like we still feel that pressure of like I'm not a size zero. Oh my god, right. I'm so fat. I have to like cover stuff and right. I have to like starve myself. And everybody's kind of giving Kim K a little bit of shit right now because she was like, yeah, I lost 16 pounds in two weeks to fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress. <laughs> right. And people are pissed at her for it. And it's like, well, I think what some people don't realize is she's still part of that generation that was fed the whole like you need to change smaller how is better you look. less is better yeah yeah that you kind need to of have thing. a tiny waist you need to be super skinny in order to be successful and pretty and accepted accepted right and it's just not that way anymore but some of us still have that it's not like trauma brain to a degree with like our, right. our relationship with food and exercise yeah it's so crazy because i was even gonna ask you like how do i build my booty how do i get those curves because like now those things are more i mean they're trending right i guess like a big butt and curves and stuff but yeah i remember growing up when smaller was better less was better we were trying to shrink ourselves yeah we were trying to be, to be like a walking stick with thick boobs yeah that was like the in thing <laughs> go look like pamela anderson you yeah. know or carmen electra too yeah, exactly they're beautiful women yeah beautiful but it was like stick with boobs was like the goal and yeah. now it's like that's well different. some of us don't have the genetics or the time to build a booty so i've worked a lot in the gym and i've built probably about half of my butt the other half was kind of flat and needed some assistance so yeah. we had some shit done and yeah. I'm not gonna like hide that or lie about it I love like that do. yeah I love being transparent about that's my whole thing if you're gonna do plastic surgery just own it because it's like you're gonna set false expectations if you don't like I've got my boobs done I've got my nose done like you know like I get Botox so it's like if you do that I feel like you owe it to just like admit it like well, there's nothing wrong with it because you don't you don't have to tell the people if it's your private thing, but if you are one of those influencers that are out there saying, oh, I got this from working out, I did this from working out, that's very disingenuous. And right. quite frankly, you're just lying to the general public and yeah. to young people who are looking up to you. And it's not healthy. It's that not. is the most unhealthy thing that you can do for yeah. yourself and for somebody else. I agree. Well, kudos to you for well, doing thanks. that. Um, so your fitness journey then led into YouTube and OnlyFans. So... What was the transition like from fitness to those things? So um, I was always more into doing like glamour modeling. And after years of that, I um, I met a bodybuilder at a fitness expo. Many people know this story. I love him to pieces. Our relationship was a little tumultuous off and on. But overall, I learned so many great things from him. And one of those was most definitely like fitting into your niche. And he was like, you are never going to be a size zero skinny mm -hmm. model girl. That's just not you. You aren't genetically built that way. You need to accept it and you need to own your curves and love them and love build that. yourself out. And you need to have a healthy relationship with food. He was very much like, okay, you need to stop with the eating disorder brain. Yeah. You need to stop overusing laxatives and stop mm -hmm. starving yourself. And I did that all the time when I would go to photo shoots and he would watch me and I would not eat for four days. I would drink magnesium citrate drinks what that is no they usually have you drink those before you have a colonoscopy oh wow it is like a liquid laxative and yeah. they also have you take like dulcolax so you're like sitting there like ruining your stomach and your colon and your stomach lining so i did that for four days straight nothing but water and liquid laxatives just like quite frankly shitting my brains out feeling like crap i was always tired during a photo shoot and photographers were always like would you like a snack no no, no i can't do anything i'll have a little bit of water and i would sip water and it would be absolutely trashed after the photo after the photo shoots mm. so it was like he would teach me hey you can eat but you got to eat the right things right eat them in small increments eat the things that aren't going to make you bloated and you'll be okay and you need to eat right all the time instead of kind of eating okay and then starving yourself for four days that story that you just told 
Oh my God, I completely forgot about this, but it brought up a memory of when I was in high school. I was a competitive dancer, so like being skinny and small was just the thing as well. I remember I wasn't even driving yet. I didn't have my license. I must have been under 16. And I walked all the way like four miles to the CVS to go steal laxatives so that I could use them because I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to ask my parents for money for it because they'd be like, what's that for? You know, so like... My brain was totally messed up, too, <laughs> from all of that stuff. I think, Charlie, there's probably a lot of people out there that have, like, those sort of stories, but they're kind of embarrassed or ashamed to admit it. Yeah. And I'm like... so crazy. It's really sad that so many people have that, though. Also, the diet pills. I used to take... Um, ephedrine it's not even like legal anymore i remember there was one time i was on the treadmill i was like definitely 16 year old girl and i was like sprinting trying to be small and like i remember my heart just like did this like weird thing i was like okay that was like my wake up call i was like i'm gonna kill myself if i continue on this journey like of (laughs) laxatives and diet pills so i mean how did you get to a point where you were now healthy because it took a while for me to get to a place where i was like okay food is fuel i eat when i'm hungry and it i eat things that make me feel good that are good for me like how did you get to that point well um as i said with with dating him he did teach me a lot about diet and nutrition exercise but his ex-wife was one of our really good friends and she was most definitely an advocate for like, let me teach you how to properly diet. So she, at the time was keto. She was teaching me how to properly do keto to keep myself in balance better because my body had become very resistant to carbs Mm -hmm. and didn't like them at all. And like, if I looked at a donut, I would gain weight. So she was like, (laughs) I'm gonna teach you how to do your cardio fasted in the proper way in the morning, do your weight training with me and I will teach you how to properly diet. So that helped a lot. And um, she actually is the reason why I got into doing colonics because she's like, your stomach is so messed up and you're probably backed up. She's like, you have anywhere from five to 20 pounds of undigested waste in your colon at any point in time. Wow. So you probably have something going on in there from overuse of laxatives and everything else. You need to get this sorted out. I also went in for an upper GI and for a colonoscopy. And they found out that my um, lining of my colon is stained black from the overuse of laxatives. Wow. Which makes it a little bit harder for them to detect cancer in there. Wow. So this is like some scary stuff. I was like my what late 20s early 30s 35 now um but i had a very weird relationship with the two of them off and on and a lot of people know that publicly but overall i have so much to be thankful for them for to them for because they did teach me a lot and they did help me to get healthier yeah i still have a very strange relationship with food and exercise i feel guilty a lot about Mm. eating certain things or not doing my fasted cardio every day and i have a new personal trainer now who's like you need to stop with the eating disorder brain it's great that you're eating healthier foods and you're willing to eat your oatmeal now i'm i'm have a little bit of carbs in my diet but She's like, you need to stop with this feeling guilty thing. I love that you're so open about it, too, because it's like something that a lot of people still struggle struggle with. It's not like a one day you're just magically better. No, it's like a fight every day to kind of get your mind to a healthy place where you're like kind to yourself and come from a place of love, not like hating your body and stuff like that. So I've had to go through a lot of therapy. And, and uh, it's funny because I actually prefer male therapists over female therapists because I'm like, I kind of want a male's perspective on like, what do you think about this? Because women are very hard on ourselves. So of course, and we all kind of have been fed the same shit. We're all kind of going to relate to that. So I kind of want a guy's perspective on like, well, how, what's, what's going on with this? How do I address this? How do I fix this? And uh, the latest one was like, you have really bad body dysmorphia. I was like, well, welcome to the club, buddy. I'm well aware of that. He's like, but I mean, you are aware of it and you still 
have this going on. So I also have to talk to my therapist about how to sort of retrain my brain and get out of that mindset. Mm, that's so interesting. Do you feel like male therapists give a little bit more tough love, whereas female therapists are kind of more... Every female therapist I've ever had are always like, and how does that make you feel? What do you think that means? Honey, it obviously makes me feel like shit, which is why I'm talking to you. Right. And I, if I knew what it meant, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I need you to kind of like tell me what's up. Interesting. And I don't feel like the male therapists that I've had have necessarily been tough love. They're just very straight shooters. They're mm, very direct. Like, this is what this means. And they're like, you can handle it. I'm like, I'm a tough cookie. I've been through some shit. Right. Just tell me what the hell my problem is. I just need to fix it. That's so interesting. Um... Not to put down all female therapists. No, yeah, no, it's just, hey, that's that's your experience and that's valid. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about colonics then because now you're very passionate about it after all like the laxative stuff. And you were telling me like everyone poops, but everyone, like some people are just scared to talk about it. Well, the funniest thing is like, you know, we... I don't get me wrong. I love like Cardi B and shit. I love listening to rap music, but it's so funny to me that they sing about things like getting somebody to eat their ass or I eat ass or whatever. <laughs> and people like on, um, what was it, like Tinder or whatever, I, I ran across a profile not too long ago about a dude who was like, I eat ass. Like it, they're so proud of this. But yet if you happen to say like, I'm constipated or I have IBS or I've got to take a shit or whatever. Oh, my God. Ew, poop. Poop's gross. Girls don't poop. But you want to go lick this girl's asshole. <laughs> but she doesn't poop. Heaven forbid. Right. Like, there are some things that you need to do in order to, like, play with the ass. Otherwise, it could get extra scary and messy. And what? it's going to be traumatizing for both of you. Okay, so let's talk about it. What are those things? <laughs> how do like we... colonics? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, or how do you prep your ass for, like, ass play? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot of uh, porn star friends, actually, and they would usually do enemas. And you can do those at home. You can just buy one over the counter, basically, in, in the pharmacy. Um, and it's kind of like a douche, but it's for your ass. So there's, like, a little bag of saline water, basically, with a little nod- nodule on it or uh, nozzle. So you pull the nozzle up. You gently insert this into your ass squeeze the solution in there and you pull it back out and you wait and then when you feel the urge to go you go you can also use suppositories but the um, enema usually flushes you out better now what's going to flush you out the best would be a colonic takes about 45 minutes interesting and they um they use what they call a speculum but it's not like you know the quack quack the 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 duck speculum that we get for our yearly spread and scrape it's um made of plastic And it does come to a slight point. It looks like a very small dildo. It's smaller than a hot dog. So if you've taken a dick in the ass, you're fine. (laughs) Um, So they lube it up for you. And they have you lay on your side. And they very gently insert the speculum. Once that is inserted, they remove that piece. And they um, still have part of the tubing in there. They connect that to the water line. And they have you roll to your back. And for 45 minutes, they gently rush water in and out. So this is like a process where you go. Yes. But you're not going to go do this like before every ass play scene, right? No, not before every uh, encounter. (laughs) Encounter. If you're going to do something in the moment or if you know you're probably going to be playing with your ass later in the day, I would definitely recommend doing um, an enema at home. Got it. Okay. Oh, and if you are at all interested in colonics, definitely do closed system. Open system is no bueno. I don't like open system. What's the difference? So with closed system, there is a practitioner there with you, and they are a hydrotherapist. They are asking you, how do you feel? Okay, well, do you feel like you're full? And they release the water pressure, and the water, it's like a cyclone, goes in and comes back out. So it's basically cleaning the lining of your colon walls. Interesting. That's how it gets compacted because your colon is kind of like an accordion. So there's these little pockets. And when you get stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, compacted into your pockets, you kind of need to clean it out. It's like yeah. power washing your insides and flushing everything out. 
everybody eats sushi in LA, right? Yeah. Vegetables, things like that. If your vegetables and fruits are not washed properly, if you eat sushi, you probably have worms. Damn, so you I'm go learning you get this so done, much today. <laughs> when you get this done, you'll also get rid of worms. But wow, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be amazed by that because kind of I did not thing. know any of that. It stuff. helps with belly bloat too. So if you're looking for a little bit of a flatter tummy, you're feeling extra gassy. Right. It'll help with that too. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, so for your OnlyFans, well, first of all, how did you get into the, to it, and how did you make the decision that you were going to start one? <sighs> so. I am. Um, I was looking for a job after a really traumatic, weird life incident, and I was having a really hard time trying to find a job. And my friend was like, "You should start a clothing line." So I started a clothing line of my own, Positively Evil. It's all about taking the negative and turning the positive. Somebody else decided to create a GoFundMe account in my name, and while I'm sure the guy had the greatest intentions, it backfired, and I'm the one who got the brunt of the shit for it. So somebody else decided to make a bunch of YouTube videos about it and said that I should create a Go Fuck Me account and that with a name like Chanel, I must be money-grubbing whore. And we so don't that have ruined to, my business. We don't have to touch much on it, but is this the incident where you were accused of... Murdering my boyfriend? Yeah. yeah. So all of that just kind of culminated and uh, got me a lot more harassment and a lot less support within the um, social media community, not just fitness, but just in general, because he was in my opinion, pretty famous yeah, um, or popular. So with that, I lost business. I lost followers. I lost support. And I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I kept looking for a normal job, kept trying to push my clothing line, was taking on random photography and videography jobs, working for other people, random modeling jobs. Mm -hmm. And one of my girlfriends was like, well, why don't you create a Patreon? So I started with Patreon. I wasn't really making that much off of it. And my other girlfriend was like, girl, get off Patreon. Go to OnlyFans. It is mm -hmm. so much easier, so much more streamlined. And this is really what OnlyFans is for, is content creators like you. And I was like, okay. So that's how I got onto OnlyFans in, oh gosh, I think it was 2019. So you were like at the beginning, right? When it kind of started? Yep. Yeah. And so what has your journey been with that because I know I get judgment all the time for doing OnlyFans stuff. Do you do like explicit stuff? Do you did you start not doing it and then get into it? What has your journey been like with that? So I started doing um, mostly implied things and a little bit of topless stuff here and there. I was like, I'm not doing full nude. I'm not going to do masturbation. I'm not going to do full porn. I was very against that for the longest time and not necessarily because I'm against other people doing it or against that part of the industry at all. It's just not part of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely it became, okay, well, I'm not making enough. I've, I've hit a cap. I need to like kind of loosen up on my boundaries a little bit. And I have. So I'm riding the line, I feel, of like semi-explicit it's not quite skinamax but it's not quite full-blown explicit porn yet but we're writing that line and i'm not quite sure where it's going to go from here but hey we'll sh we shall see and i'm sure that my subscribers are more than happy where they're at now but yeah. excited for something else to potentially happen. yeah <laughs> we'll see i love it yeah my journey with OnlyFans was a little different because um i didn't start one until like a year ago maybe a little over a year ago and um my boyfriend at the time for the previous year like his kink was that i would i would cheat on him so like i would go out and like send him a video or tell him a story about what happened so i had had all this content built up already and he was like why don't you just put it out there on OnlyFans?" and i did and people loved it they love the cheating thing they love that it's from real life so like it's been a little bit of a different journey for me than others but it kind of it's kind of cool because it's like look, I'm going to do this whether it's in front of a camera or not. 
Why not profit off it? <laughs> like, just like an extension of my brand now. But it's a little, it's interesting. I think that's great, though. And I think it's great that you're so, I don't want to say nonchalant, but you're just so like, fuck it, here I am. Yeah. Because it, I own it. I, I used to go to porn conventions and um, I made a YouTube video about how I went to one right before lockdown. And somebody was like, are you sure it's okay that I take a picture with you here? And I was like, yeah, man, everybody fucks. Because it's so stigmatized still. <laughs> everybody masturbates, everybody fucks. And if they didn't, we would not be here right now. Right. So I don't really I hate. There's no shame in my game. It. There's no shame in my game. I think, you know, we all have sex. Everyone has sex, whether you choose to put it out there or not. Like, it doesn't make you dirty or different because you put your stuff out there. I'm still human and we're still human. We just choose. It's a lot of people think people do it from like a place of desperation, but it's really not. It's like we're choosing to do this. So it's like it's like a choice. Yeah. And the other side of that coin is I've had plenty of respectable, fully clothed office jobs where I have been sexually harassed and sexually assaulted for minimum wage. Yep. So excuse me if I'm going to put my price on my sexual harassment and my exploitation at this point. I'm going to go ahead go. and exploit myself. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I think that you look amazing. I think that you're gorgeous. And I, I think that it's great that you're so open and confident about who you are, what you want, what you like, and the Thank fact you. that you're taking care of yourself. There are so many other people out there that aren't. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's get into like the mental health aspect about it and trauma, because um, you mentioned that after therapy, you realize that a lot of the there's trauma associated with people's relationships with sex or something like that. Right. Most definitely. Um, there seems to be a widespread assumption or association that women who are porn stars, um, for example, were molested or raped when they were younger or have daddy issues or something like that. And sadly, there are quite a few that do have that. Um, but why shame them? Because somebody assaulted them or mistreated them or took advantage of them. It's really creepy. Right. There's like definitely some psychology behind that as well as to like the men that shame women who, well, she has daddy issues. Okay, well, why are you shaming her for that? Right. Why is that her fault? Right. Whereas myself, for example, kind of went the opposite direction. I was molested as a kid. I was raped in high school. And my first boyfriend groomed me online when I was in high school and made it a point to meet me after I turned 18. And that was a very weird relationship for almost four years off and on. And after that, it was like a lot of mistreatment from men because I didn't know how to properly date because nobody had sat me down and been like, hey, you got some shit fucked up in your brain mm -hmm. you never dealt with and it made you have a very twisted perception of yourself of relationships of sex of love and I didn't see that until I started to go to therapy in my 30s mm -hmm. to understand where all of this stems from totally and I think it's important that everybody go to therapy men and women both yeah. whether you're sexually assaulted or not we all have something some sort of trauma at some point in our life that made us look at ourselves differently and made us look at everybody else differently. And some of that is like, okay, that's warranted. That's understandable. You need to protect yourself. But there's also this other huge part that it's like, you're also a danger to yourself if you don't know what your triggers are, what your relationship is with people, um, your attachment style, yeah, your it love just, language. Yeah. It just helps bring awareness to your patterns. So like, even if you don't have any real trauma or like, you know, you've had a pretty okay life, it still helps you become aware of like your patterns. And in that you are now able to better yourself and, and choose different ones or just, you know, accept yourself for those patterns. It's just, 
I agree. I think everyone should go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people out there, especially all over social media with the um, positive affirmations, and you know, you need to be healthy from the inside out. Okay, well, I'm not just talking about eating avocado toast, girlfriend. Like, <laughs> you need to actually take care of yourself. Of course, your gut health, because your gut is actually a huge link to your mental health, your brain. Mm -hmm. If your stomach is upset, if you eat spicy food, you ever notice you have really bad dreams when you eat spicy food or MSG before you go to bed? That's so interesting. Because I don't it's connected know. connected to your neuro... It's like a neuroscience thing, but your stomach is connected to your brain, your thought process, and how you're feeling and your emotions. It's like when you're on your period. Oh, fuck, I want chocolate. I'd feel so much better if I had chocolate. Yeah. And then you're happy. Our comfort food is another thing. So there's a lot of psychology with biology that kind of goes hand in hand that you have to, like, kind of keep track of. For sure. It's all connected. Most definitely. So everybody needs therapy at some point. Yeah, go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to touch upon that maybe we didn't... We didn't get to you um, trying to think i think we pretty much hit everything that was nice and quick yeah um i think we hit everything let me see like if there is anything else that you wanted to ask him i'm an open book i just don't know what else to talk about no, i don't want good. you to feel like this is a boring episode it's either. not i think we got into some really interesting interesting things um maybe just like stigmas surrounding women in general society's timeline that kind of stuff okay yeah so you said you're 35 right i am and are you dating anyone right now no no i've uh, tried that's a shit show <laughs> so what is your relationship to like dating and and how do you are you do you feel pressure from society's like timeline or are you kind of oh just doing God, your own thing yes absolutely um, so, I mean, when I was in my 20s, I didn't really like dating guys my own age. I've always dated men that were older than me because I was like, oh, well, they're more mature. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, I like classic rock. They like classic rock because I, I love my dad to pieces. My only daddy issue is that I can't find a man as good as my daddy at this point. <laughs> um, but I, I get along with older men just because I have kind of like an old soul and older interests. And I don't drink and I don't do drugs. I don't party. I'm not promiscuous. So guys around my age, my 20s, I was like, okay, well, I can't really do that. And I've had long stints of relationships and recently became single about, I don't know, six months ago, seven months ago. And I've tried dating off and on. And it's been difficult because I don't drink or anything. Well, where am I going to meet people? Will you try apps? Well, that's a shit show. <laughs> um, I set my age range to like 35, which is my age, up to 50. My boyfriend who passed away is... 51 technically now so i'm like okay well that's around the same age range of what i'm comfortable with mm -hmm. guys my own age they just want to have friends with benefits and all that other and i'm like yeah that's not what i'm looking for and just no thank you and uh guys in their late 40s early 50s that i've gone out with it's kind of strange um some of them don't know what OnlyFans is so you try explaining it to them and one guy kept referring to it as uh members only do you know what members only is isn't that like a jacket from the 80s. Oh, bro. I didn't know that. Get with the times. And he was like, well, I don't, I don't really like her, you know, because she's blonde and she has a members only. And he was telling my neighbor that. A members only. <laughs> and my neighbor was like, um, by the way, it's OnlyFans. And what does it matter that she has that? Like, she's not. He's judging you. She, yeah. He's like, well, she's also not sleeping with other people because I haven't taken it to that level yet. And um, he's like, well, because she has her own money. I can't get her to dye her hair brown because she has her own money. And he was like, what? He goes, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to date a hot girl that's younger than me, I want her to look how I want her to look. Ew, oh, my God. So he wanted to try to use the little bit of money that he had to try to manipulate a girl. And like two weeks later, I saw him out with another girl who had platinum blonde hair. She was like probably 22. Absolutely stunning. And um, he 
told everybody, yeah, I'm going to get her to dye her hair brown. And I was like, That's who hurt so you that had brown dumb. hair, by the way? Yeah. Who or blonde with? hair because he yeah. wants them to have brown hair. So somebody the with other. blonde hair hurt him. I it was think. either that somebody with blonde hair hurt him or that he's but obsessed that's with somebody so with brown disgusting. Hair. Like you should love someone for who they are and they a thousand percent have the right to make their own decisions about how they want to look and yes. all of that kind of thing. Like there's so many things wrong with that. Um, there's a lot of dating horror stories out there. I have a, a really good friend of mine. She started dating a guy. Um, she's I think 31 or 32 and he's 45. Good looking dude. But he was like talking about getting her boobs done and she has beautiful natural boobs. She's very thin, beautiful woman. And she was like, oh, I don't really want to. I don't know how I feel about that. He goes, well, even if you get small ones, you know, if we stay together, I'll pay for them. And she was just like, okay. And so she was making herself an appointment for Botox that same week. Well, would you go get Botox? Absolutely not. I don't need Botox. Oh, okay. But you want her to undergo some sort of like possibly life-threatening procedure. She could also potentially end up botched and then are you going to want her? Right. Just so that you can like, you know, get a boner faster or whatever. You're you're 45, sir. Are you already taking Viagra or not yet? Because at some point you may need it and it's not safe for everybody to take forever. Are you going to like continue to love her even if she doesn't get fake boobs? And right. she's probably going to continue to love you even when your pee-pee stops working. Right. So that's where it's really difficult as well is it's like, yeah, women still, no matter how successful we are, she's very independent, doesn't ask him for shit. He doesn't pay for shit. She does. Right, right. But even if we're independent, even if we are confident, we are still looked at as an object. Yeah. Like we, that's our value is our physical appearance totally. and how much they want to have sex with us. It's, and it's yeah. really disheartening because I'm really like, I'm going to love somebody even when their dick stops working. I dated a guy who had erectile dysfunction off and on for years. Right. And I loved him still. Like, it's totally fine. I don't need you to fuck me every day to prove that we love each other. Right. But it, like, yeah. am I like an empty vessel? Am I a fucking twat? Like, is it just, there's nothing else there unless you get to fuck me every day? Because if that's the base premise of this relationship, what's the point? Exactly. And sadly, it seems like when you are putting yourself out there and you're trying to date now, that's what's available to you is guys that are like women are a vessel or like guys that bitch and complain about girls that have OnlyFans. Is it that you don't like the fact that we are doing something sexual on camera and that everybody will see it someday? Or is it that you're intimidated by the fact that you can't control us with your money? It's the fear. It's the control. And it's the ego. Um I think a combination of it all. And it's really gross. You guys, men, you guys need to go to therapy and unpack some shit. <laughs> hey, therapy, therapy episode. You guys need to go on therapy too. It's true. Um, okay, so let's go back to what made you make the decision to not do drugs or drink or any of that kind of stuff? Um, it's just never really been my thing. Did you never drink? Have you never touched a drug? I've had alcohol. Um, I just don't care for it. I had a boyfriend who pressured me to do drugs with him at one point, and I did a few things with him. I tried GHB with him, which I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked GHB. I like G. <laughs> it's really fucking bad to admit, and I, that's where I feel ashamed. I feel ashamed to admit that I have tried Don't a drug. Be, it's fine. And that I enjoyed it, because I was like little miss drug-free for 26 years. I did not do drugs my whole life, and then met somebody who pressured me into doing it and was like, if you don't do this with me, you don't love me enough. Well, we that's, thought about it for like two fucking weeks. That's not cool how he got you to do it, but I will say I do enjoy from time to time in a sexual setting it's very um G was, was fun because it's like um being drunk without the extra calories you're laughing all the time and it makes everything feel so good sex was really good on g yeah. and you sleep really well a lot of bodybuilders used to use ghb i don't know if you know this back in the day because it puts you into rem sleep faster and when you're in rem sleep longer your um natural human growth hormone factor is like triggered so it helps you recover yep yeah it's so but interesting yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Molly was the other thing he had me try. Mm -hmm. And of course, sex is great on Molly. Yes. But it's not so great when you take half of a tab and you've never taken anything in your life mm. and you start to shake and convulse uncontrollably and everything goes black and you can't hear. Oh my God. That's shaking, what happened to you? And he's like, it's okay. You're having a bad trip. You're having a bad trip. You just have to calm down. And he didn't want to call 911 because he didn't want to get in trouble. Oh my God. So yes, my experience with drugs has been very shortly lived. Yeah, I might not, not do drugs life. again after that either. So that's I'm like, <laughs> nope. I, and it was like I'd been drug free and, you know, alcohol free for all those years. I had tried alcohol when I was like 21, 22. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to be everybody's designated driver. And I was. Um, but I, I just, it's not my thing. So I get it. But that's all I've really tried. Oh, pot. But I, I don't know if pot's really like a drug anymore. I don't think so. I have like two like and a half milligrams now. for anxiety periodically, but that's about it. Yeah. And I even that's a little like, a bit much. I'll take a couple of before bed to just relax and go to sleep, but. I wouldn't say I'm a pothead by any means. Um, so what about relationships? What's your view? Do you believe in monogamy? I do. I have friends who are poly um, or that are in open relationships. And I totally understand and respect their perspective on that. Um, I'm too insecure to be poly. I know that. But it's, I guess that that's kind of selfish on my part because it's kind of hard at this point to find somebody else who wants to be monogamous. Yeah. Or they want to be monogamous. They want me to be monogamous. And they that's want so, us to go have fun. That's so interesting because I have, you know, even men that I've talked to, Michael Sartain has a podcast. I've discussed this with him. He you would know never, Michael. yeah, he would never want to see his partner having sex with someone else, he said. And he said, this is like an evolutionary thing where we've evolved, like men don't want to see their men putting another their seed into their woman and like he's kind of possessive in that respect and i argue with him all the time because i in a playful way obviously because i disagree and i think that you know i do have this like open relationship mindset and i don't think i could go back to monogamy now so yeah i mean i guess what's your and i th find it interesting because you are saying that a lot of men want you to be open and want you to go play and do things for them for them they want threesomes in their general direction in there, so with two girls and yeah. yeah, not that I want two dudes, but if I did, like that's I kind prefer of like... two dudes than a guy than a girl. I've never had a threesome. I say this all the time. I rather have four dicks in my face and touch vagina. That's just how I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I am very very straight. You can't control it, and like I prefer that than two girls. And I think women are beautiful. Yeah, don't get me and wrong. in I play settings, thank you. And in play settings, I have like touched a boob or kissed a girl or whatever. But like, it's never gotten to the point where I'm like. I really want to eat a girl out. No, it's never gotten there. I'd rather, like I said, four dicks. Strictly dickly. <laughs> Strictly <Good> dickly. <laughs> Why are you, but what do you consider yourself? Definitely straight. Straight. Like, I, I love the way that women look. I women have to stop beautiful. wording it that way. What do you consider? Like, what are you? I need to start saying it that way because it's not correct for me to say what do you consider Oh, yourself? my God. Stop walking on eggshells. Really, at it's least true. with me. I'm part of the generation that doesn't like walking. I know. I just walking, don't want to get so. in, tr in trouble because I'm like, what do you consider? It's like, no, but what, what is You're your sexual with me. preference? My sexual preference is dicks. Yeah. I like, or at least a dick. <laughs> I haven't tried more than one at the same time yet. But I mean, and I, I love women. Women are, you are so beautiful. Thank and I have you. plenty of other girlfriends that are beautiful. And I've been propositioned by girlfriends like, oh, well, would you maybe want to try something? And I've tried kissing a girl. And I was like, you know, it's definitely different kissing a girl like just everything about it their how soft their lips are the way that they caress your face the way that they touch you when you're touching them but it was like this felt i don't want to say it felt wrong but it just felt very like odd yeah and i was like well this is different and it's nice it's different but it's not like 
I'm not enjoying, I would enjoy a tub of Ben and Jerry's more than I would enjoy yeah. touching you sexually. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I've been sexually curious and I've like, explored, but I've come back to the same thing that I prefer men. So. Hey. But at least you know what you like. Yeah, exactly. So do you. Do you think, okay, so do you think you would ever explore with um, being open or even like just going to a sex party or something like so that? so funny that you ask that. <laughs> I'm all into the sex party scene. That's why I, um, I throw some great sex parties. I go to them. Like, do you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I um I've always been curious about that. You could come to the next one. There's I, never I any pressure to. to do anything. So I um I love the movie Nine and a Half Weeks with Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. But at one point, there's like a weird like sex club that she walks into. And the other movie that kind of got me interested was, of course, Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So of course, that's like all about this like really interesting beautiful elegant sort of masquerade and everybody's just like fucking and you're like oh well this is interesting what the fuck's going on here mm -hmm. so they have parties like that in la i think sanctum is one of the companies kinky that rabbit one. one yeah there's, so there's quite a few i got invited to one and i was like okay so i submitted my photos i got approved and i ended up going alone and i was like okay well first of all i'm going alone so i let my friends know like hey this is where i'm going and they were <laughs> like wait where are you going what you of all people yes i know i know i'm going are you going to participate i don't know and it's not required so i'm just gonna mm. kind of see how i feel yeah really long story short it was nothing like i expected not in a bad way necessarily but like I didn't feel pressured to participate. Yeah. Nobody was creepy. Everybody was very yeah. mellow and friendly. And I was like, oh, this is exactly. fun. There's never any pressure. And nothing's going on in like the, you know, living room area. And then I was like, oh, I guess everybody's leaving. And they're like, nobody left, sweetheart. They're all upstairs. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? They're like, you got to go upstairs right now. You are missing out. And I was like, missing out on what? So you walk down the hallway and you're like walking past the first door. And there's like this big dude just reeling the shit out of this chick on the bed. And there's mm -hmm. somebody else in the corner jacking off watching. And I yep. was like, oh. <laughs> so it was kind of like walking past a slideshow because i walked past the second room and there was a girl like bent over getting eaten out there was another girl like getting fucked on the other side of the bed and another dude was like standing there getting blown and i was like this is interesting mm -hmm. and then i walked towards the main room and there's like this wall of people and i was like oh my god what are they all standing there for what am i getting myself into right now and i walk in and i'm kind of like wiggling my way up to the front and there was like just a free-for-all going on and i was standing there watching this and the, there was like a guy standing next to me. It was like a big orgy. Yes. Yeah. And so this guy was like standing next to me with his arms folded and he was like had this shit eating grin on his face. And I was like, oh, sorry. And he's like, no, I just think it's funny. I'm like, what's funny? He's like, the look on your face. I'm like, what is the look on my face? He goes, you're literally standing there going. <laughs> just kind of like out of approval, like right on. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like there was some stuff that I was like, I don't like. I don't think I could handle that, but that looks entertaining. And, ooh, okay, right yeah. on. Good for you. But it was just like, this is definitely not for me. Because I was like, I don't know how I would feel about someone watching me get fucked. Like, oh, this is kind of like I'm on display. And it's like with OnlyFans, it's just me mm -hmm. or me and my subscriber. And I'm I'm okay with that. It's just for us. sure. And I was like, having an audience, I was like, wow, I'd yeah. be so self-conscious. There's, there's so many levels to this shit and i was talking to someone yesterday and she's very religious and feels like sex is a more spiritual uh experience for her and there's literally no right or wrong like it that's valid and okay and being i like to say sexually liberated and you know just kind of doing whatever feels good to you in a sexual setting like that's fine too like there really is no right or wrong the only thing i think is wrong is when people try to push their views and values onto Agreed. other people 
Um, and be- that's also why I wanted to go because I was like, I don't know what it's like to be in an open relationship or, right. or be poly or just be sexually liberated. I very much, I feel like I am not sexually liberated very much at all. I may have an OnlyFans account, but I very much feel like a fucking prude because I'm so many kind of scared people feel that way. And this is why I hate when people judge people who have OnlyFans because they have no idea. Like, like you just said, a lot of people like you still feel like they're not sexually liberated or they're kind of a prude in that sense. And it's just like there's you really people really have to just ask more questions and try to understand more because when they just judge just because OnlyFans, like they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, especially <laughs> like when you when you go out to try to date. Whenever you say OnlyFans, guys always assume like, yeah. oh, she's getting railed in the ass by like 20 and dudes. It's like, no, be dude, honest, it's not it's the same thing. a lot, largely their insecurities and fears most definitely. I that agree. I come agree. to the surface at times when you hear that because it's yeah. like they get insecure about their performance or whatever or, you know, you leaving that. Like, it's all fear-based. But that's why I respect men in the lifestyle who, and I there's a word for this. I forget the word. But what, it's when you start to have pleasure seeing your partner have pleasure mm-hmm. and are happy for them and the pleasure they're getting. Like, it's such a cool feeling because, like, now I enjoy watching my partner with another woman I enjoy that I enjoy seeing him have pleasure it actually turns me on like I'll masturbate to it later like you know I have that kink now where I like seeing it um it's not for everyone I'm not saying this is going to be everyone's experience but it really is there's a lot to unpack there do you think you'll ever explore with it again with sex parties or openness or becoming more liberated um I might I don't know. Now that you said that you throw sex parties, I might be willing to go yeah, to one of yours. You I'm kind of go. curious. Oh my God, <laughs> you will love it. So I definitely think that I would probably be more apt it's, to trying that route and just seeing how I want to explore that way, whether I go by myself or I go with somebody that I'm seeing. Yeah. And then it's a matter of finding somebody that's willing to go with you when you're totally. kind of semi, I guess, monogamous at that yeah. point. And I think you could probably still go and still practice monogamy while you're there because you're just having sex with each other yeah exactly or like some couples just have sex with each other in that environment some people only play together and some people like at play parties with other and some couples actually play on their own too like without the partner being there but that's like a whole nother level of like trust and communication and and stuff like that um but yeah there's there's levels to this shit it's not like a one-size-fits-all system uh, well, see, you're gonna have to teach me the yeah. ropes because these are things i didn't know i went into this like totally blind like literally eyes wide shut i had no idea what to expect and it, i mean it was a nice experience nobody was predatory right. or threatening and those were my fears um nobody touched me the only person that touched me was a woman and she was like oh my god i love your dress and it had a high slit and she touched my leg and i was like oh my god you're touching me <laughs> You're and she was me. like, oh, you're new. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, no, it's okay. It's just like, this is new to me. But, <laughs> I met a husband and wife. They were really, really nice and a good looking couple. And she had recently told him that she wanted to explore with women. And he was like, I didn't know how I felt about that. And she kind of wants to like do things here. And they didn't proposition me. I was, But I could tell it was getting there because right. she had like looked up at him at one point while they were talking. And she put her hands out and looked up at him like nodding her head like, are you going to ask her or what? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's really nice seeing you. Can you go get water? I don't <laughs> On that note. This. See you guys later. Yeah, but they were really sweet, and it was like I will say, nobody was creepy. I, will I was say expecting creepy. Most people in this lifestyle, I've actually never once I've ex- experienced one creepy guy, and I put him in his place. It was at my birthday party, sex party, my third first birthday. I had this like huge sex party, like forty people were there, and this one guy just like kept. I was clearly not into him, and he kept trying, and I was just like, dude, like, do you not? 
get it by now. Like I prefer like there's different there's levels. There's sport fucking where people just fuck everyone just for being there. <laughs> Which is what I was watching. I'm I was not. Like, I, I couldn't get in on that. No, I'm more on like the I like a little push pull, a little mental connection, a little like flirtiness or whatever. Will I play with multiple people at once? Yes, but it's these are people that I know and that I've built relationships with, friendships with, I trust. And it's just like even if not if I know one or two of the people and these are people, their friends that they know, I trust them. So I trust them. It's like, it's, you know, it's a whole thing. It's, it's, it's a trust circle thing. It's a trust circle thing. Because it's, you're in your but most you, vulnerable state. So for example, the last sex party I went to, I went to Kinky Rabbit last weekend and um, I went with a date. And after there was four of us, four couples that stayed up all night until 4 p.m. the next day playing at the after party so there was kinky rabbit which goes from 10 p.m to 3 a.m or whatever and then we went back to their hotel and the party went all the way till 4 p.m the next day four couples playing it and these four couples everyone was hot the girls were hot the guys were hot oh well that's nice. it was just like a hot thing because like sometimes it's weird where it's like you're really and everyone has different types so it's like you're not into two of them, but you're into the other two. It's like, it kind yeah. of makes it like weird. Everyone was into everyone. So it made it very fun. And you feel like, you know, these people, I knew a couple of them, but I didn't know the others. And you feel so connected after this experience. Like, you know, each other. Cause like, you just like get each other. You're all on that same, like, you just get Wait, it. And yeah. you have the same vibe. Yeah. And you believe it. you have the same values. And it's just like, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And I forgot where I was going with this, but the people in this lifestyle are so just like open minded and nice and never pressure you to do anything. Like a lot of the times, like one of the girls was like, may I like hook up with my date? And I was like, oh, please. Like, you know, like people are very considerate. They ask yeah. questions. And, and even if like, you know, they want to do something to you, they're like, can I? And, you know, they're respectful in that sense. So. So yeah, you'll yeah. come to the next one. I, I will have to because the last <laughs> one definitely, it was interesting and it, it was nice that nobody's being predatory, but it wasn't like really? that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because the one that I went to, people were like paying to be there. So I think they were paying for the experience. And a lot of people had the mindset of like, I'm going to be polite, but I'm going right. to kind of keep trying to push the envelope. If this girl's not quite being receptive, I'm going to go to the next one and the next one because I'm not leaving here without the experience. That's why I prefer sex parties that happen organically versus the ones you pay to go to because people pay a lot of money to go to these like three or four hour things and so they want to get bang for their buck quite literally in that time period um and so sometimes that could feel forced or whatever so that's why when it just happens organically like the after party it's just like sometimes better but well i i don't mean for this to sound super mean or this is superficial i'm just gonna fucking say it say it it was like going to the fucking nude beach you you know some people think like oh i'm gonna go to nude beach there's gonna be hot people there no no, it is people you probably don't want to see naked. And this sex <laughs> yeah. party, aside from the really nice couple that I met, there were not a whole lot of what I find attractive people. Right. Although I have a really weird thought process on what I find attractive anyway. But it was mostly older people, like in their 50s and 60s. And then there was like a peppered in group of people that were like in their 30s. Yeah. And there was one guy there that was 23 and he looked like he was 16. Wow. And he was so nice. But he kept talking to me and I was like, you are younger than my brother. <laughs> like, you you look like you're young enough to be my kid. This is a little awkward guy. Yeah. But thank you. I'm flattered. So flattered. But Aww. I was just like, it wasn't. I think that's the other reason why I didn't quite feel completely at peace with being open to this more. I think if I had felt like I was in an environment where I was 
Um, not that I'm Cindy Crawford or Pamela Anderson, but if I'd felt like I was like kind of on an even Girl, field with my you're other... pretty damn close. Come Thank on. <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like I'm a conceited bitch or something. Again, this comes into the body dysmorphia thing. Right. But I think that if I had felt like I was more on the same level as everybody, I would have felt a little bit more comfortable instead of feeling like... A wedding cake topper. I get it. I kind of felt like I and was And you like, didn't go with anyone. So you're just like a unicorn. Yeah, kind of awkward too. Which is fine. But, you know, to be a unicorn, like I went with my ex, which he kind of like helped me, brought me into this lifestyle. So I felt some comfort there and stuff like that. So, yeah. Give another shot, I think. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, you have to let me know in the next one. I will, for sure. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, so on Instagram, you can find me at C underscore N O five. On YouTube, I'm under Chanel Renee. On OnlyFans, I'm also under Chanel Renee. And on Twitter, it's C-H-A-N-3-L-5. My clothing line website is PositivelyEVOL.com. And that's love backwards when you take the picture. I didn't know that until you said it earlier. It's all about taking the negative and turning it into positive. Yeah, I love that. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yay.